Thanks for checking in on this podcast. You are about to hear an inspirational teaching from Caris Ministries. If God has used this ministry to bless you in any way, please take a moment and write to us at amenatcaris.org. We are always inspired and blessed to hear how God is blessing people all over the world through what he is doing here at Caris. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at caris.org so we can continue making podcasts such as this available free of charge. Lord, we thank you. Holy Spirit, we just trust you that you teach us, you open up our eyes into your word and to your provision, oh God, and that we'll come out boldened with faith, oh God, to face everything, Lord, not just to face it, but to take over whatever you have given in 2016 for us to take over. We give you thanks, Lord, that your word is coming with clarity and it's coming with understanding that your people will receive your word and that we will bear fruit to your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Fantastic. You are alive. Praise God. So tonight we are speaking on violent faith. We can all attest to the fact that our world is becoming darker and darker. We, we, the news we hear can be more and more, is getting more and more alarming. The crimes we see and we hear of is getting more and more alarming. The crime age is dropping lower and lower. You hear children attacking other children, children attacking adults, teachers going to school, having fear of their lives because the pupils they teach actually intimidates them and bully them. We've, seen, we've heard these stories. And the world is getting darker and darker. But in such a dark world, the light must shine brighter. The light must shine brighter. In Matthew chapter 24, it talks about the fact that in the, in, in the end, there will be all manner of wild issues, famines, earthquakes, nation rises up against nations. It's not going to look any better because this is God's way of bringing the world to a final closure till before um, Christ comes back. So this is prophecy and this is God's plan. This is what Jesus is speaking. So if you're thinking that the world can make it better, it won't, they can't do it. They can't do any better. So, for instance, we have, you know, G, G, G8, G5. Um, recently, we had a meeting regarding climate change and all that. Man will try. Man will try. But God, God's will and plan will prevail. Because God's plan is always to a particular end. And that end cannot be stopped. And therefore, if we go according to scripture, then it's, it gets worse and worse and worse. And funnily enough, we see it even in the lives of believers, which is wrong. That is why we have taken this weekend to teach on faith, because it is the currency, as God seven spoke of yesterday. Faith is a currency for which we transact, we translate from this world of darkness and this world of gloom into the life that God has prepared for us. It is the bridge where we move from this world of darkness into the life that God has prepared for us. It, without faith... It is impossible to please God. He that comes to God must believe that he is, he is and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So without the faith, you can't receive the reward. You may seemingly be diligently seeking him. But without faith, you don't see the reward. Without faith, your prayer may be just bubbling. So faith is necessary for us to secure answers. Faith is necessary for us to see that glorious future God has prepared for us. It is the currency for exchange. Without it, nothing is happening. We are very ordinary without faith. Very ordinary. Nothing happening 
nothing much. We will die just like the unbelievers die. We will be poor just like the unbelievers are poor. We will be sick just as they are sick without faith. Without faith. So faith is just crucial for the believer. Faith is crucial for the believer. The scripture says that the just shall live by faith. And as God's servant always tells us in four different places, Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4, Galatians, Romans chapter 1 verse 17, Galatians chapter 3 verse 11, Hebrews chapter 10 verse 38. It all says that the just, which is you and I, those of us who have come to Christ, who have been justified by the blood of Christ, shall live by faith. And yesterday, Pastor Frank elaborated on that, and he was explaining to us that it's like the very air in your nostrils. Without it, you are dead. So there are many Christians in our day, many of us, in probably some seated here, who are dead to what God has prepared for us. I mean, nothing is happening because faith is not in place, and faith is not alive. He said they just shall live by faith. We make movement by faith. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7. He said we walk by faith and not by just the things we see. Not by sight. You make movements. You are walking. Meaning you are making movements. You are taking one step after the other. Making movements. So that movement you need to make in your career. As a believer it would be by faith. Not because you've finally done one extra course. Not because you have seen that, oh, I have connection with my manager. My manager now likes me. Because of that, I can have promotion. I can get to where I need to get to. We have to, this must sink deep in us that everything, every transaction we need to make here on earth will be by faith. By faith. Believing God that I believe God that this year, this is what is going to happen for me. That is what is going to happen for me. And you are convinced about it convinced about it without that we are just like them we are just like them the difference between the believer and the unbeliever is the faith interestingly we just said the faith interestingly christianity is called the faith and i made an observation a very interesting observation that this faith we have come into was born out of violence let me just explain this. You see the believer, walk, the, the sinner walk nicely to the altar to receive Christ. Hopefully with a song behind it, I surrender all. A very solemn, the man of God would probably also have a very solemn demeanor. People will bow their heads down. And it gives a very serene, nice atmosphere for that person to be able to commit their life to Christ. But that, that this, physically, it looks very calm, very serene very quiet but it was born out of violence we all know any of us who've watched the the passion of the Christ you will know that how the price Jesus paid wasn't a nicey nicey price it wasn't at all it was not in no way no shape of some of us can't even watch it because it's so brutal it's so barbaric you think how can a human being go through that that is how our faith was born our faith, that is how it was born. So it's violence. It is a trickery that Christians, maybe on the outlook, we are very gentle, very nice people. But something which has a great force, it at work on our inside. And that is our faith. Something that is so forceful, it's at work on our inside. And that is what will produce results in these end times. In these end times, that is what will produce results. Let me just remind you that in, in the Garden of Gethsemane, 
The scripture talks about how much he prayed. That his sweats were like great drops. I mean great drops of blood. The betrayal was brutal. Was so unfair. Jesus looked at Judas and said, Did you come to betray me with a kiss? Heart wrenching. Hurtful. The healing that we refuse to claim. It came by horrible stripes. That tore his back. Tore all over his skin. That is what bought your healing. That is what bought my healing. The, 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 the crown they put on his head wasn't a nice golden crown. It was a crown of thorns that they pierced through his head. That blood began to flow. That is how our redemption was paid for. The nails that went through his hands, it wasn't a plaster or a rope tied around it. It was nails that they put on the hand and used the hammer to just strike it through. To get the hand to stick to the cross before they just raised him up like that. You can imagine what it is like. It wasn't nice. It was violent. It was brutal. It was barbaric. That is how we are bought. That's how we were redeemed. So don't be deceived by the nice songs and the slow songs. Our redemption was brutal. And it was for a purpose. It was for a purpose. It was necessary for it to be like that. So that you and I can't just sit on chairs, come to church, and be nice and live ordinary lives. That will be more than that. It will be more than just a group, a group of people we know we gather all the time. It will be more than that. That is just any association could do that. I look at how men, ordinary men, mere men, have achieved great faith all over the world because their purpose, the Tower of Babel says that the people had purpose that they would they would build to the heavens. And God said, These people they are one, and what they have purpose, they will do it. Ordinary men, sinners, ordinary men. How much more those of us who have been bought this way? In the, the scripture says in Matthew chapter, in Luke chapter 16, I'll, I'll prefer the Luke account. Luke chapter 16, verse 16. We all know the scripture is also in Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. I think it would be good if we can, um, if you can give me the amplified version. Luke chapter 16, verse 16. It says, until John came, there were the law and the prophets. Since then, the good news, which is the gospel of the kingdom is being preached. And everyone strives violently. Everyone strives violently to go in would force his own way rather than go sway into it. You take it violently. The Matthew account says, the, violent, the kingdom of God suffering violence and the violent shall take it by force. It is the violent people, people with violent faith who are able to take the kingdom. No nicey, nicey people. No. It says if it comes to the kingdom, it takes violence. When it came to our salvation for God to establish his kingdom, it took violence. The same for us. If we are to take the kingdom, it will take violence. 
it will take violence. The New King James Version says that. And the law and the prophets were unto John. Since that time, the kingdom of God has been preached. And everyone is pressing into it. When you are pressing something, you are applying force. And you are pressing to make sure that there is movement. There has to be movement. So that static situation that you have been faced with for months, for weeks, for years, you need to begin to apply the force of faith. Apply some force in pressing it out of your life. It takes violent faith. Because it took violent faith for us to come in. It, and that is what it will take for us to overcome and become who God has purpose for us to become. Is somebody getting it? We thank God. First Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20. I'm sorry, Second Corinthians chapter 1 verse 20. It says, for all the promises of God, in him are yes, and in him amen, to the glory of God through us. It said, all. All the promises. All the promises. So he has already said yes to whatever you're asking of him. He has, he said, all the promises, every promise you see in the scripture, he has already said, yes. Whatever you are looking for, he has said yes to it and said, said yes to you. He's not thinking, baby, he's not thinking whether I'm going to plan, how I'm going to do it. He has already said yes. Before you prayed, he has said yes. Before you fasted, he has already said yes to it. Whatever you are looking for, he said, oh, if he promised it, then he said yes to it. That has to be your positioning and your approach. Because you've seen it. This is is his word. He said all the promises are in him, yes. And amen. For which we give him glory. It is already done deal. It's already signed off to you. It's already done deal. Therefore, violent faith is the one, the one who has violent faith is the one who is grabbing the word of God. I mean, laying hold on it, holding it so firmly with her hands and heart and will not give up until the manifestation of that word. You are laying hands, hearts, legs, everything on the promise because he said he has already said yes to it. Until you see the manifestation of it. Violent faith is wild. I mean, it's wild. It's fierce. It's ferocious. It's unlimited. It's unstoppable. It cannot be controlled. It doesn't matter what is said against it. It is moving with force. Violent faith is powerful. It makes things happen. It will make it happen. Violent faith. 
is that it doesn't take no for an answer. There is no no in the equation. Wow. No does it doesn't it's not a word to violent faith. It doesn't hear no. It, if God said it and if God promised it, it doesn't matter what the devil presents. It, I mean, it doesn't matter. It's absolutely what the works and the trickery of the enemy is absolutely irrelevant. Because that faith must get it. Violent faith says, I must get it because God said it. I must. Not maybe. No shall. I must get it because God said it. It must be done because God said it. He said his promises are yes and amen. That's violent faith. So you position yourself in such a way that I am in it for good. This thing must deliver. I am in it in such a way that there are no doubts. No doubts. If this is what God has told me, then it's like... I can't even, I don't know how I can even consider that it can't come to pass. You can't even consider it that it won't come to pass. That is violent faith. Recently, it's very interesting um, for, most of, for those of us who um, work in the office. And uh, one of our sisters in Unum was having toothache. And... Um, to start off, it was such a pain, and after a while, the pain really got worse. And so we told him, just go to the dentist and get it sorted out. Interesting, at that time, I think just a few days before, we were telling her to go to the dentist and all that. And then it happened that we had face seminar, or she made a statement. So I said, why haven't you gone to the dentist? Because she was having pain. And you know, toothache can be a bit disturbing. I know a woman who's had eight children, and she said she would any day go for labor pain rather than toothpaste. So I, 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 don't, I haven't had such serious tooth, tooth pain, but she said after eight children, she would prefer labor pain as compared to toothache. So she must have experienced some kind of toothache. And I don't know if um, our sister's own was at that level, but it was bad. And then she made a statement to me, and she said, Pastor, I've heard enough messages on faith that this time I must apply this faith, and this faith must work. That's what she said. Everybody in the back end was telling, go to the dentist, go to the dentist, go to the dentist, because she was in the state. But she said no. And this is about three months now. The lady didn't bother going to the dentist. I don't know how the toothache went away. But three months now, no evidence of toothache. It's gone. It's stubborn. Violent faith is stubborn. It's extreme. It's fanatic. It's like you don't, you don't, don't you have brains? It's fanatic. It's extreme. It's like a stubborn. It can't hear alternatives. That is what most of us is our problem. The alternatives. The common sense that we can apply. The extra plans we can make. Is what is like slowing down the activation of violence faith. But this lady, as I shared, she said, no, I've had enough messages on faith. So this toothache must be subjected to the word of God, that by his stripes I am healed. Amen. And true to it, two days later, she looked fine, functioning perfect. 
I said, is it gone? She said, oh, it worked, it worked, it worked. Hallelujah. The word works, it works, it works. And in all honesty, I, I believe that for a lot of us as Christians are missing out big time. You would attest to that fact. We are missing out so much. And this is my heart in these days. How much, how much God has provided for us and how much we don't even make any attempt to make claim. I mean, no attempt to make claim and apply our faith to every aspect of our lives. I think that is such a shame on redemption and on the violent redemption I described. For us, to, all the provisions God has made for us, not to lay claim. Because we wouldn't apply our faith or develop our faith in order to apply it. I have come to the point where it's like, I think it's like, of course it's good, it's good to apply your faith in getting a good job, getting a nice promotion here and there, you know, and these things, they are nice. But I believe, as I said earlier on, the world is getting darker and the light must shine brighter. And it's not going to take just a mental decision for us to see the brightness of the, of the light. But it's just a function of faith. And there is so much that God has prepared for believers. But because we wouldn't develop and apply our faith and even become violent about it, that we have just, just become so, like, like so mere. When, when you hear, it's like when you hear the testimonies of, um, that comes out of Winner's Chapel, it's like this is beyond. This is how, how can this be? But the, the man himself said, Bishop Idopo himself says that this is available to all. It's just a function of using the currency. He said, Planes, it's available for all. Every church can be a mega church. Every church can have its campuses, its buildings and all that. It's just using the currency of faith. And most of us who end up living very, very menial lives. Very ordinary lives. Seeking some small pension so that when you go on retirement, you can have something little to eat. Keep a roof on your head and die. But there's so much. He said, the heavens and the, they are mine. They are our fathers. Is his? Is it? Does he? Does he eat cow meat? God, these things he just made it for us. He doesn't. He doesn't need anything on earth. He doesn't need the gold. The gold we put on our fingers and deck over ourselves. If somebody wears even nine carats gold, they think they've arrived. I know, just nine. Let alone 14. Let alone 18. And then 24. Hey, as for 24, you must be the relative of Queen Elizabeth. Well, the gold is coming from somewhere else anyway. Um, but I think it's only Wales that there's a bit of gold, but that one is not even anything special. Yeah. A few from Ghana and India. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They are nice gold. They are nice gold. Yeah. However... The point I'm making here, and I believe God is speaking to us, is that 
we have limited God too much because of the fact that we don't want to apply our faith. We don't want to apply faith. We are just a small group of people. God bless all those listening to us on via um, the internet. But even, I wonder how many, might be a few hundreds. But God is sounding an alarm to us that I want to do great things. I want to do great things with my people. I want to make big statements with my people. We are his representatives. Some of us, people look at us and they think, I can't be a Christian. Why? What is this? I prefer go out and go and work. Work hard. Find a nice sugar daddy. And life will be better. Most Christians are too pathetic. I mean too pathetic. We are, I mean, too pathetic. A lot of us, whatever we have, wherever we have arrived, is just, is like, is just too insignificant for the world. The world. The faith is essential. It's essential. Those of us who want to make a statement for God, it will take faith. It will take faith. And violent faith, aggressive faith, forceful faith, powerful faith. I mean, it's wild and it's extreme. Some of the things that we need to begin to hear from your mouth, they are things that people think, but why do you talk like that? People must question, how dare you think like that? Rather than continue in a pathetic state, waiting, oh God, you can you change my situation? He's looking for us. Begin to dare him. Begin to go before him with plans. He said, that's my daughter. Because from the beginning, he said, for us to be, have dominion. Dominion. That's how he created man for dominion. Not for us to be subject. Let alone those of us who have been bought by the blood of Christ. And we have great understanding that we are now beyond Adam when he was first created. So how come? How come we didn't see any of these in our lives? And many of us, you can count the number of excuses we would have. Generational cases. Some of the number one reasons we, we, we know why it's not working for us. It hasn't pleased God for that to happen. All manner of reasons. But when it comes to faith, we all know we've had enough in this house. That is not a matter of does God say yes, but it's a matter of if we can connect our faith. It's in our laps and it's in our hands. It is. So shall we look at some of the things that cause us to have lack violent faith? I think the first thing is apathy or passivity. Many Christians are half asleep. I mean, we are half asleep. Ticking the boxes. Day in, day out. Trying to live holy lives. Trying to make sure you didn't do that sin again. And um, making sure some bills are paid. And having some food, some shelter. And God, if you are in Caris, definitely come to church. And then, <laughs> it's a must in the week. It's like, 
if you don't come to church three times, forget what's wrong with you. But in Caris, it's like, it's just the norm. But even that, look at the teachings. The teachings. We've been doing phase seven of all. We are counting yesterday, seven years. This is our seventh year. Praise God for that. But it must speak. It must speak. Seven years on month, every month, hearing the word of faith. And where have we arrived? What are the fruits? Where are the proofs? Of constantly. And you know we don't hear wishy-washy word. Well beefed up. Strong. It has the ability to deliver. But most of us are half asleep. Even when the word is being delivered. Even at the point of delivery. The word could be coming powerfully. But the recipients. Half. Is, is, I mean. Some of us. We engage for just about 10 minutes. During the word. We hear just about. 10% of the word that comes. And out of that 10%, by the, of course, by the time, if you are right here, you heard only 10%. By the time you say your hellos and you give your kisses and all of that, less than 2% is left. <laughs> by the time you go home and have your lunch, forget it. When, when is the next service? We can't hear another powerful word again. Apathy. The man at the pool of Bethesda, when Jesus met him, and he said, do you want to be healed? He started talking nonsense. Oh, I've been here for 38 years. And uh, oh, Jesus, you don't know my case. Every time the water gets dead, oh, Jesus, look at my legs. These legs, you don't know. Look, at, I've been lying down for all these years. And then people quickly run and get into the pool and do this. Jesus said, all he asked you is, do you want to be well? It's a simple yes or no. But a lot of us, funnily enough, we come to God like that. We see the promise of God in his word and we make excuses. Why it can't happen for us? Why it cannot happen for us? Why this is not yours? You move on to the next one. Thinking that maybe that one will work. But God is speaking to you and he says, I want to do that. The man was talking nonsense. Jesus said, just asked, okay, you've been here for 38 years. I thought you would have a straight answer by now. That do you want to be made well? Yes, sir. Because all the promises of God are yes and amen in him. But he was going on, blabbing. And this was a state of, I don't know, maybe it will happen, maybe it won't happen. A lot of believers, we are in that state. We don't say it, especially if you receive good teaching. You don't say it, but we act it. We don't say it with our lips, but we act it. It's in our actions that I'm believing God for this. But then actually even looking for the word that pertains to that particular thing, we didn't even bother. Your efforts are quickly go, go into the well system. Well system. Even though I, I say I'm believing God for one thing, I'm busily looking. So for instance, if you are not well, 
instead of looking for scriptures, and constantly, recently I gave one of our young, young um, people, he's not feeling too well. And I, I found a book. When I read the book, I felt the book, this book is very good. It has around 33 scriptures in a small book on healing. So I gave it to him. After reading it, I said, this guy must have it. I gave it to him. And I said, these are your tablets. Morning, afternoon, evening. Morning, afternoon, evening. Morning, afternoon, evening. This is what you take. And let's see if the word delivers or not. And I am actually, if the testimony doesn't come, I will tell him he missed an afternoon. He probably missed the morning somewhere. He missed an evening somewhere. It's not because the word doesn't, the word doesn't deliver. But it's whether we apply it. Most of us have, you could be at the point of death and you think, oh, who pray for me? Oh, hey, this sickness. Who pray for me? I hope one powerful, ah, I wish Benin will be coming to London sometime soon. I wish one day pastor will call me by name and say, I saw you in my dream. And God says specifically, behold, that's one. Pray for her. Wash her feet. Smear her body with anointing oil. Put a mantle on top of her head. Tie some around her neck. Tie some with her legs. And I know that if that happens, I'm sorted. Some of us will, be, we will prefer that. That is actually, we want the spectacular. Something to know that indeed, indeed, God can do something. But just as we all see in scripture, if you can get the word, if you can confess it, believe it in your heart, act on it, as we heard yesterday, it just delivers. It just delivers. The other time I was speaking, I was saying that I just love Bishop Oedipo because God has raised him as a statement of what he can do. When I see the, when I hear the great things God is using them to do, I'm just so happy. I said, oh, fantastic. So this too can happen for me. That's all, that's, I praise God, I say, thank you, Lord, that I have evidence. Not only the scripture, but I am seeing in my day, I'm seeing you do it for somebody. So it's a done deal for me. It will happen for me. Of course, I believe God. I believe God. That it is a done deal because I see him do it. Why can't he do it for you? Why? He said he's not a partial God. There's no partiality in God. So apathy, we may not say it, but we act it based on how we apply ourselves to scripture. Our sister went to Lagos and she was told that she would not be coming back because she is not the person who she claims she is. I bet you there was something at work on her inside. That because her identity was being questioned. I, I don't even know you. You're not even my relative. And you are questioning me. I mean, you are questioning me that I'm not who I am. Exactly. And therefore, she said, it's not possible. The basis of the refusal was so absurd to her. It was it just didn't make sense. So much so that she said, I must go. Because I am she. I am the one. So if you had a different basis, maybe I wouldn't have a strong argument. But the basis for which you are telling me I can't go, is I can't just admit it. Because I know who I am. 
Many believers, we don't know who we are. I mean, we don't know who we are at all. The best is you found a nice church and you come. But you haven't found your own identity. And of course, if you don't know who you are, it's very difficult for you to exercise anything with force. She was so forceful about the fact that she was getting on that plane. Because she wasn't here today. That's the point. I am not who you claim I am. For which I can't just give in. And say, okay, I will leave you because, oh, okay, somebody just said I'm Yotunde, so okay, maybe I may be Yotunde. You, know, you, you, you get it. It doesn't make sense. And you can't give in. It's like somebody telling me that I think you are a man. I said, eh, I may not have all the caves, but I know I'm a woman. You get me? I know myself. I know I'm a woman. So it's very funny for someone to come and tell me, you are a man. And I begin to think, hey, maybe. You know, just in case. Just in case. Just in case. Maybe. I, I don't know. Maybe I need to consider. I may be a man. And so maybe I need to consider my actions. It may, it's absurd to all of us. That is why if, for instance... You are not well. And the devil is lying to you that you cannot be made whole by God. And for you to accept it, it's like you are beginning to question whether you are a man or a woman, knowing very well that you are a woman. Because by his stripes, I was. We were. It's already done. It's, it's not maybe. It's, it's done. I've already been born a woman. Already been born a female. Nothing can change it now. Nothing can change it now. The same way my healing has already been purchased for. It's been bought. And I've been made whole already. For which reason I can now accept that maybe I'll get well or not. It must kick in your faith. When you hear contrary news. It has to. It must kick in. Because you know who you are. You know what your entitlement is in the will. You know the provisions that have been made for you. So, how can the devil manage to lie to us? How come circumstances so intimidate us that we can't be who God has called us to be? Fear and intimidation. Fear and doubt. Fear and doubt. A lot of us are so fearful about what will happen to us tomorrow. And therefore we, do, we work very hard um, within the world system so that we can have some sense of security. Yesterday, Pastor Frank made a very powerful statement that if there's anything that I have to be working on and putting all my efforts in, is building my faith. Is building my faith. Is building my faith. Not just trying to make the well system work for me. Trying to get into the well system and try and see how well we can compete with them. But faith must deliver. We have, we have to build our faith to the point that it just delivers. It just delivers. 
is delivering for others. Why won't you deliver for you? We had our sister's testimony. She said she had a friend. She went to see the friend and they were telling her she has few days. Put her halfway in a plastic bag. Um, the families have given up, coming to say their goodbyes. She's just only, she's only a friend. She's not a family member. She's only a friend. But she was a woman who had faith in her heart. That is Kambi. Why should I take this? I'll do something about it. Actually, I'll apply my faith. I'll just apply my faith. She doesn't have much to lose. It's not a child. It's not a mother or a brother or a sister. It's just a friend. She said, let me just apply my faith. This same person who had been given a few days to die. Alive and strong. Because somebody said, I can pray. And when I pray, things will happen. The story completely changed. Doctors, professionals were asking, how can these things be? It's too much fear. The devil is using fear to intimidate us. Fear in our hearts. And we heard, we've heard the past today is that fear and faith can't abide in the same place. Any sign of fear you have, you must assume that faith is not there. Once fear has settled, faith has actually vacated. And once faith has settled, fear can't be there. So if you have fear concerning anything, quickly deal with it. Yesterday when God's servant was preaching, just the word that came, attack that fear. I mean, attack it. Don't tolerate it. Don't, 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 don't just encourage it. Attack the fear. Don't wait. I'll, I'll do it another day. Be forceful about it. Things that intimidate you. Intimidate it back. With the word. Speak it back. Intimidate the devil. As tell him who you are. Make it clear that this, it doesn't work here. I mean, get out. This is a purchased property. You are trespassing. Move. Don't tolerate it, entertain it, and try and find nice ideas about how to deal with it. I remember when I, I had my second daughter, just one day after church, I was driving. I don't know, it's a complete attack. Fear, I just, I was doing a 50 on a 50 round. So, <laughs> and my mom was in the car with my two children, and um, I just break in the middle of the road. It's like, I just applied the brakes. So what is going on? There was nothing in front of me, nothing. I mean, I had no clue what it was. I, later on, I, it was a clear attack. I just, just stopped the car in the middle of the road. We were busy chatting. After church, busy chatting, going, going home. After that, I did only 20 to get home. Yeah, on a 50 road. Fear, the fear was bad. I mean, it was, a, it was, just, it was a, a horrible attack. Two days went by. It was a difficult thing to move my car. One day I sat down and realized that this is an attack, not just on me, but on God's servant, on the work. Before, if, if I can't move, it's a problem for him. And if I'm restricting his movement, it's a problem for the church. So I had insight. Therefore, from that day, even if I would do two miles per hour, I would go everywhere. I said I would sit in this car and I will drive this car. I will make progress. 
it was just a matter of time. One day I was driving. I said, oh my God, I'm doing 50. <laughs> it didn't matter. I said I would drive this car everywhere, take my daughter to nursery, every, I mean, I drove everywhere. Because I said, I won't let you cripple me. You won't cripple me, you won't stop me. And you won't stop anything. It didn't matter how much my leg would shake on the accelerator, it will still be applied. And it was just a matter of time. He packed the stuff and left. He packed the stuff and left. We function normal now, by the grace of God. Radical, radical. We, 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 don't, we lack violent faith because we fear radical of men. When Jesus went to the house of Jairus, the scripture says that they ridiculed him. In Mark chapter 5, verse 40, they ridiculed him. They laughed, can you imagine? They laughed at Jesus upon all the miracles he had already performed. They ridiculed him because Jesus said the child is not dead, but he's only, she's only sleeping. They ridiculed him. But of course, his faith was very much alive. That wasn't going to stop him. He went to the room, actually sacked them. I mean, get out. I know what I carry. And I know what I'm about to do. Can you just leave? Some of us, we have to tell a few people to stop talking. I mean, just tell them, shut up. I know the journey on which I am. And your suggestions are not welcome. I'm actually not interested in them. Shut up. Because I'm on a course. And it is forceful. If you don't get out of my way, I'm going to bulldoze you. By my faith. In Jesus' name. And also, the last point I was saying, because I need to round up, the last points will be the word of God not being sown in our hearts. We know faith comes by hearing, and by hearing the word of God. Without the word, just as I said earlier on, not knowing who you are, which you find in the scriptures, not knowing who you are would mean that you are unable to apply violent faith. Not knowing the word, because on what basis? On what basis have you developed that faith for which you are applying forcefully? No. Most of us, as Pastor Frank said yesterday, that we, 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 we think we have faith. But in actual fact, when we are faced by the challenges, we realize we don't have faith. We think we received the word, but in actual fact, we didn't. In the face of trouble, you can't even remember one word, one scripture. Oh, Jesus, so, Jesus, so, Jesus, so. That's all you can say. And by his mercy, he came through for you. By sheer mercy, he came through for you. But you couldn't have one scripture to say, I declare. You, no. Because nothing, we are not actively putting anything in. Actively, we are not actively putting anything in. So it is necessary that we find the word and sow it in our hearts. Sow it in our hearts. That is when it bears fruit. Some 30, some 60, some 100. The one that fell on the roadside, it didn't bear fruit. The one that fell on the rocky ground, it didn't bear fruit. The one that fell among tongues, it didn't bear fruit. Only the one that fell on good soil. Only that one was able to bear fruit. So there is necessary for the word to fall on good soil. 
The soil is your heart, activating violent faith. Believers must wake up. We must wake up to the terms of the covenant. Wake up to what God has said concerning us. Wake up to the promises. Wake up to our dominion mandates. We must be awakened to too much apathy. Most of us are asleep. I mean asleep. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 40 says, Awake, O sleeper, and Christ will give you light. And he was talking to believers. So they are believers who sleep. We must awaken to what God has said and what he wants to do. And we are entering a year of greater awakening. If we had any awakening in 2015, it's getting greater. I mean greater. Greater awakening. Awaken, let's be awakened to the possibilities in God. The possibilities in God. It is all possible. Because all his promises are yes and amen in him. Shall we please rise and let's thank God for his word. I appreciate him for his word. And just quickly say, Lord, I've heard your word. I need grace to apply it in 2016, to apply it forcefully, to apply it with violence, to apply it with aggression, to apply it in an uncontrollable way in the mighty name of Jesus. And now she shall see the fruits in Jesus' name. Let's welcome God's servants. If you are not saved, you are not safe because life is dangerous. Life is not under your command. I don't see why I should end this service without giving you an opportunity to say, yes, Lord, pastor, pray with me because I want to have this bread. It means I want to put all my confidence in him, all my hope in him. I want to give my life to Jesus. If that is your genuine desire, just lift up your hand and say this after me. Say it genuinely from your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I've sinned against you. I ask you to forgive my sins. Wash me with your blood. Thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross to save me. From today, I will serve you. I believe in you. I put all my hope in you. I put my faith in you as my Lord and personal Savior. I receive you into my life. I make a vow with you that I will serve you all the days of my life. Satan, get behind me. I don't belong to you. I belong to Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for saving me in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you. Your word says that you know your sheep and your sheep know your voice. No one can come to you except your father brings him. I pray that let your grace be upon them. Help them to be strong. I pray that the grace of God will come upon you. The power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you and help you to be a strong Christian. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for listening. For more resources, please visit caris.org or call us on 0207-740-9960. God bless you.